Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. I'm Veronica Ambuel, editor of the Colorado Catholic Herald newspaper, and I'm joined today by Deacon Doug Flynn, who's the Chancellor, uh, Chief of Staff, and General Counsel for the Diocese of Colorado Springs, and Deacon Patrick Jones, who is the founder of Catholic Halos and an award-winning author of Catholic Fiction. Uh, before we start discussing our topic today, um, Deacon Doug, would you lead us in an opening prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. So um, our topic for today is uh, something that is, uh, you know, hopefully will help us um, prepare to enter into the Lenten season in a few weeks. And it's, uh, we're calling it Pray Without Ceasing. And, um, we, you know, we all know that it's Im important to pray, but um, when you get into, uh, you know, reading the Gospels and um, some of the writings of um, the Church Fathers, it you know we we see that prayer um, shouldn't be just something that we kind of pick up periodically, but really should kind of continue through our whole day. And I know Deacon Patrick, you had a um, a story from one of the saints to kind of illustrate this concept. Yeah, there's a uh, a legend of about St. Bridget um, and St. Brendan when he was sailing uh, from Ireland to Iceland to Greenland, possibly to Newfoundland, who knows, and back, uh, there were two sea monsters, one chasing the other. And the one cha uh, being chased said, I commit myself to the protection of St. Patrick. And his pursuer said, his protection will now avail you nothing. And the chase continued. And so the first monster said, I uh, commit myself to the protection of St. Brendan. And his pursuer says, his protection will now avail you nothing. And the first sea monster being chased tries a third time and says, I commit myself to the protection of St. Bridget. And the pursuing sea monster can't continue to pursue him and is goes off on his own way. Uh, and the uh, first sea monster also goes off on his own way. And when St. Brendan makes it back to Ireland, he connects with St. Bridget and says, explains what happened to uh, her and asks, why did invoking me not work, but invoking you did? And she said, well, how often do you pray? He said, well, I pray every seventh step. How about you? She looks at him and says, well, I pray always. There's, there's this amazing challenge that we have, and obviously the saints have too, of how do we follow St. Paul's exhortation to pray without ceasing? And um, it's, it's a challenge. So that's why this is our podcast topic today. Uh, and we wanted to start off, if you can call it starting off this far in, uh, by reading uh, the um, verse, the verses from 
1 Thessalonians 12 through 23, in which Paul says this, but we wanted to give some of the meat for context around it. So we're starting with verse 12. And we're going to read this in a round robin. We each have a different translation. So we've never actually tried this, and you may not have either. We'll see how it goes. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And, and, and to, to es- oh, sorry, go ahead, Doug. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their works. Be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brethren, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that none render evil for evil to any man, but ever follow that which is good towards each other and towards all men. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Despise not prophecies. But test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And may God and may the God of peace himself sanctify you in all things, that your whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's that's where the the theme of our podcast kind of um, comes from is is that that verse seventeen um, pray constantly and give thanks in all circumstances and um, you know I guess one of the one of the uh, for you know if if somebody is um, kind of listening to this and wondering well okay but how do I live my life you know. Um, I guess one of the things that might be helpful to discuss are, you know, the different types of prayer. Um, you know, we know that there's vocal prayer, um, you know, which would include things like um, the rosary. Um, there's contemplative prayer where um, you're kind of making a deliberate effort to find a a quiet place and um, uh, get get you know get rid of distractions to to the extent that you're able to and and you know um, con you know pray silently for thirty minutes. But um, one of the one of the ways that that we can um, pray constantly is. Um, something that I learned through um, being involved with Opus Dei, and that's um, aspirations. So they're just, you know, really short, little, um, one sentence. Um, Sometimes they're, you know, gospel passages. Sometimes they're taken from a psalm or, you know, they could come from a lot of different um, um, sources. But these are things that you can pray really quickly while, you know, while you're doing just about anything. Um, uh, and so um, I'll just throw this out there in case it's helpful to anybody. But for example, um, that when I'm driving and especially like recently when the roads have been a little snowy and um, 
I'm a little concerned <laughs> about um, not, you know, slipping and sliding. Um, I'll I'll say the aspiration uh, cormarie dulcissimum iter para tutum, which loosely translated is sweetheart of Mary, prepare a safe way for us, you know. Um, or uh, if uh, if you're kind of anxious about something, it could be you know anything. Um, a lot of times I'll pray the the short uh, aspiration from the Divine Mercy. Uh, you know, Jesus, I trust in you. So um, that's just one of many examples of ways that you can kind of um, keep your prayer life going uh, in the middle of the day. And um, St. Jose Maria Escriva, the founder of Opus Dei, he referred to these aspirations as like throwing twigs onto a fire. You know, the, 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 the image of like a a fire in a hearth or um, a flame was a, a, a frequent um, analogy that he used to describe our spiritual life. And, you know, he said that you always have to throw, you know, sticks on to a fire periodically to keep it going. And that's kind of how he um, described these aspirations. So, so Veronica, right now, as we're talking, what, aspiration are you praying <laughs> how, are you, how are you praying without ceasing right now <laughs> you know that's that's a great question deacon patrick and um being a, of limited capacity i i i can't say that i can speak into a microphone and pray aspirations at the same time but i mean an, an, another thing that 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 um i think people um people don't uh, count as prayer necessarily, but but really does I think fall under the category of praying without ceasing. Is just um, if you have an image of the Blessed Mother or you know a crucifix or something, um, say at your desk while you're working, that's that's it, you know you just glance at it every you know, minute or so or whatever, every few minutes. I mean, that, that also is, is a way of praying, you know, you just kind of, um, it just kind of brings you back to, um, to have more presence of God. Um, not to keep harping on St. Jose Maria, but one of the things that, um, one of the devices that he would use is, uh, well, there are a couple things, but he always referred himself referred to himself as a, uh, a mangy donkey. Uh, you know, the donkey um, is back in um, earlier times, you know, would, would walk around in circles to, to, to turn the water wheel. And that was kind of how he saw himself as like, you know, not an animal that was, you know, beautiful or elegant, but just uh, kind of a, a work a, a farm animal. And, and so, um, he would have a little donkey on his desk, you know, where, wherever he was working. And, um, so yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're, uh, it, it again, there's like little, um, there's little tricks and shortcuts that we can use to keep ourselves focused on God that, don't necessarily involve stopping what we're doing. Although, of course, 
there are times when we need to do that too. But um, anyway, uh, for for what it's worth, there's some thoughts on. Well, those praying. are powerful tools, Veronica, for um, rejuvenating awareness throughout the day that God is with us. God is Emmanuel. And that's at its most simple what prayer is, is the awareness that God is with us and that we are his creatures and he is our creator. And so we place ourselves in relationship with him, interacting with him, loving him. Um, and that awareness comes through looking at the donkey, comes from gazing at the images uh, of holy cards you know, if we keep those in our workspace or the uh, the rosary or crucifix dangling from the rearview mirror in the car, these things are tools of prayer to help us be aware so that even if we're talking to each other through microphones and it, we're not able to pray these aspirations, uh, we can be aware that we're with God and that um, God is with us. And God is with us in the people that we're interacting with. Um, and, and that's one of the definitions, uh, being aware of how God is present with us right now of contemplative prayer. And when you have that understanding of contemplative prayer, everything we can do, everything we are doing, uh, is contemplative prayer of some form, however active or however, um, inwardly active. I have a couple of quotes here uh, on that passage, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. The apostle St. Jerome says, tells us to pray always. So this is St. Jerome saying, for holy people, even sleep is a prayer. However, we should have certain times of prayer spread out through the day so that even if we are involved in some task, like talking on a microphone, the timetable we have within <laughs> ourselves will remind us that duty calls. And then the second it's amazing is, how those quotes work through time. They, they never wear out. <laughs> and the second is from also from St. Jose Maria. A Christian life should be one of constant prayer, trying to live in the presence of God from morning to night and from night to morning. A Christian can never be a lonely person since he lives in continual contact with God, who is both near us and in heaven. In the middle of his daily work, when he has to overcome his selfishness, when he enjoys the cheerful friendship of other people, a Christian should always rediscover God. So I think to your point, Patrick, you know, everything we do is a form of prayer. Um, one of the ones I love is when I was, when I'm stuck in traffic and there's a crash up ahead, one of our Holy cross priests just mentioned in passing that when that happens to him and he's frustrated because he really needs to be somewhere and it's really important and boy, traffic's bad is to remind himself of intercessory prayer and to mm -hmm. pray for whoever was involved in that wreck and, and hope that there's no injuries and that, you know, uh, to Altum Domine Miserere Nobis. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, or that's that's um, that's a, a great uh, um, ha custom, and the, you know the other thing too. Um, speaking of driving, is you know the idea of whenever you pass um, a Catholic church, you know where you know that the Eucharist is present there in the tabernacle, or assume that it is you know, to say, a, to make the sign of the cross or, you know, say some little 
short prayer as well. I mean, um, there, yeah, there are a lot of little ways to, um, you know, remind ourselves, uh, that, that Jesus is present. Um, but the other thing too, that occurred to me as I was preparing for this show is, um, the, the times that in the gospels where Jesus seemed to really highlight the value of, of, um, persistence in prayer. Um, I was, you know, had thought, I, I love the, um, the story, the, the parable that Jesus told about the woman who, um, I think it's, I believe it's called the unjust judge. I, I apologize if I'm getting them confused, but, um, you know, she has some dispute with her neighbor and, um, the judge really doesn't want to be bothered with this woman, but because she, you know, keeps getting up at night and pounding on his door and kind of demanding justice, eventually he kind of relents and says, just to get her off his back, you know? And I mean, I think that's kind of funny in a way that Jesus would use that image of how we're supposed to pray, but it, it seems like there are times in our life when God wants us to pray for the same intention over a period of time, you know, even if um, it doesn't seem like any progress is being made or, you know, that our prayer is being heard. And, um, you know, one of the, I, I know that in my life, um, when I find myself in that situation where, uh, like I don't seem to be getting results. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I, I, I realize that actually, okay. Um, this rosary is broken. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's defective. No, but, um, that, that oftentimes what happens is that, um, th that I find that actually, um, the, the, the petition changes because in, in the process of thinking about that thing that I'm asking for, little by little, it kind of dawns on me that maybe, maybe that's not actually what God wants in this situation. You know, like it seems so, so clear, oh, this has to happen, you know, or that we really need this. But, um, then, uh, then little by little, I realize, um, oh, you know, God is answering this prayer and the way he's answering it is for me to have a change of heart <laughs> about this thing that I want so badly, you know, and um, uh, I, I, I think, um, and I, I don't remember who said this, uh, but, you know, one of the saints, I think that, you know, prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. And I have to say that's that's an experience I've had a few times now over the years. Um, you know, especially if you know if it relates to like one of my children. Um, what oftentimes uh, I've noticed is that uh, you know I I mean I think I'm safe in saying that none of us enjoy seeing our children suffer. Um, and, and that could be in any capacity, but 
so, so if something is, you know, if they're having a problem of some sort, immediately you, as a parent, I think the first reaction is to pray that it just kind of goes away or is, is solved for them. And then, and then in, in hindsight, you realize, oh, actually, I think God wanted them to go through that suffering, you know, because it really, um, they, they really, uh, grew through that experience. And, um, so I don't know, it's just, it's just interesting to me how, uh, what so often, um, the intention that we're praying for a lot of times is, is actually where, where the change takes place. Well, those are some, the head scratchers or the puzzlers of prayer, the barriers to prayer. Um, and Doug, do you have, uh, some, some, uh, does prayer come without any obstacles for you or? <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. No, and I'm, you can turn this question back on me when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but going back to that first quote from St. Jerome about making time in your day for prayer. Uh, when I used to work in a law firm, uh, I would I would uh, oftentimes go over to the cathedral for the twelve ten mass, and so many times I would think, "Oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time for mass." And then I kind of slap my head and be like, "Dummy, you always have time for mass." And invariably, <laughs> taking that time to pray and to uh, receive Holy Communion magically, uh, or not magically, but uh, always. Something would happen that uh, it would just be that kick in the pants to say, "See, dummy, when you trust God, then the good things will happen, and that deadline will get extended, or something, something like that." So, same thing in the morning prayer routine that I've developed. It's just I can tell by ten or ten thirty. It's like, what? Why is this day so frantic and hectic? It's like, oh, because I forgot to pray. Yeah, okay, let's go back and do that. Put the first thing first. Well, so to answer my own question, uh, to turn it back on myself, um, the, the hardest mystery of the rosary for me to pray is the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden. (laughs) And I don't know if this is a universal experience, but, uh, I have the hardest time staying awake with Jesus, (laughs) staying staying mindful with the apostles as they're, Oh wait, they're sleeping. Um, (laughs) I, I cannot keep my mind focused on being with Jesus in the garden in, in the, uh, amongst the olive trees. Um, and I get to the end, that 10th bead and there's that space. And I'm like, wait, what was I supposed to be thinking of? Oh, it must be. And invariably, it's that mystery. All the others, no problem. I can. Uh, they're, they're amazing, beautiful, contemplative experiences that that draw me in. And and uh, it's it, that one. I've I've got something I need to get out of the way to to uh, to uh, be able to pray that one better. But it, it's always this amazing reminder of how do I cultivate mindfulness to stay focused on what God is calling me to be focused on what's the one next thing that I'm supposed to be doing because we're each given a lever to pull, to change the world. And we can 
only do one thing at that moment to change the world, and that's either choose the best good that we can see following Christ in whatever that step looks like, or it's everything less than that. And uh, we're called to cultivate eyes of innocence and mindfulness so that we can recognize what is the best good I can choose right now. Well, I um, I would happen to be listening to uh, Dr. Edward Sri on the radio um, on the way home from work yesterday, and um, it, it, he was actually addressing this very topic, and um, he was specifically addressing it from the standpoint of um, people who are new parents, you know, and all of a sudden you have um, this baby who's maybe up at all hours of the night, um, you know, know, constantly wants to be held, all those things that go along with having a a, a newborn. And, you know, our our kind of knee-jerk reaction in that moment can be, all right, well, there goes my prayer life, you know, because I, I, I can't drop what I'm, you know, I have to drop whatever I'm doing and respond to the baby. And, um, he gave a beautiful example of, uh, I think he, and and Ted, Ted and his wife have eight kids, just, just like we do. And, um, I think it was his fourth child, but, uh, had some extra health issues. And, you know, a lot of times would wake up at four in the morning, um, you know, real colicky and, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Shri had said that, you know, he actually got in the habit of when he would get up at four in the morning to pace the room with the baby, that's when he started doing his prayer, you know, but um, it, I th- it's, it's, it's um, very tempting, I think, especially when you have very young children to think, I, I can't pray, you know, there's too many distractions. Um, I don't have a schedule because they're, you know, they're, they're just going through all these different stages, teething, whatever. Um, but I, I think one of the, the lessons that it took me a while to, to learn was that, that just the effort that I made to pray, even if I didn't get through the 15 or the 30 minutes without having to go change a diaper or whatever, um, was still very pleasing to God. And, fruitful even, you know, and, um, that was a a real eye opener to me, you know, that God would, even if I was simply making the effort and not completing the time that that fruit could still come from that. And so, um, you know, I, uh, I, I think, um, you know, for, uh, especially like, like said, any new parents, um, just somebody who's, you know, adjusting to a a new type of lifestyle like that. Um, uh, Dr. Dr. Sri, he really emphasized the idea of flexibility and it, and it caught my attention because that was something that St. Jose Maria always used to say, you know, is that, um, our, for, for a lay person, um, the, the life of prayer, um, it should kind of fit like a glove that's that kind of stretches, you know. In other words, we don't, yes, we are not going to have 
you know, we're not living in a monastery where bells are going off at all, you know, six noon and whatever, telling us all the times to stop and pray. But that doesn't mean that it's that our that our prayer is less valuable. And, um, you know, and and, and yeah, it, as Deacon Doug mentioned, too, and of course, um, with uh, with jobs outside the home, it's the same type of challenge. I mean, in that, you know, we might not be able to, um, uh, we, we have to adjust our prayer sometimes around, um, the work that we have to get done. But, um, I, 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 I do, I definitely have had the experience that, um, you know, as Doug was mentioning, if I, if I am careful to pray in the mornings before work, then, then I find I'm just using my time much better. I'm um, working in a more focused way with um, fewer self-caused distractions anyway. And, um, you know, it's, it, it what? <laughs> Nothing bad joke. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think that, um, uh, so anyway, just uh, if, the, the book by Dr. Shree, The Art of Living, just a little plug for that. I, I, I think it's written, especially, like I said, for lay people who are trying to figure out how to pray in the midst of, of all the things that, that they have to do. Um, well, and the, the many flavors of prayer, um, prayer strengthens our capacity to pray. So you, you alluded to that, Veronica, in the you know, you, even if you can't complete it, the intention and the choice to pray a little bit here makes it easier to pray later. Um, and so it, all good puns intended here, prayer is all about cross training, uh, so that we grow different muscle groups of prayers, um, so that praying the rosary helps inform us about the life of Jesus from a totally different direction. When we hear gospels uh, at mass, when we read uh, faith reading on our own, um, when we're talking with others, uh, whatever the case is, any type of prayer begets stronger muscles so that we are more able to pray, um, more deeply and, uh, be more aware of how God is with us without ceasing. Well, that's uh, about all the time we have for today. Um, before we uh, go to our closing prayer, I just want to remind everybody that um, this episode and all the past episodes of the Catholic Halos podcast can be found on um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple podcasts, anchor, and, um, uh, many other platforms. So um, if you uh, found this helpful, check out all our, our past uh, episodes. We are, we're now in season two. So um, Deacon, uh, Deacon Patrick, <laughs> would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? I'm still recovering from the fact that we have seasons. I didn't know we did. <laughs> my, my startling revelation in season one was that we had titles. <laughs> in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast.